listening to Shot Callers with Kyle Branding and Joe Micucci, part of the 48 Minutes Podcast Network. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in to a special draft night edition of Shot Callers. I'm Joe Micucci, joined as always by Kyle Brandon. And uh, we're here to just cover the first round of the NBA draft with you guys. Kyle, how are you doing tonight, man? I assume pretty freaking good. Yeah, the wait is over. We got Cade. So uh, it's it's honestly one of the best sports nights for me as a Pistons fan in a long time. Yeah, and you know what? Let's not waste any time getting into it. Let's just go ahead and start with the first pick of the 2021 NBA draft. The prophecy has come to fruition. Cade Cunningham is a Detroit Piston. Um we knew this was happening pretty early in the day. I think Woj tweeted around 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard that this was going to happen. But, of course, it's never official until the name's actually called. And, Kyle, just, I know we kind of hinted at it or hit it on it a little bit, but how are you feeling? What are your thoughts? Kind of just walk me through the fit. You know, just everything about Cade. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, not not a lot new to add, right? We've heard yeah. a lot about Cade. Over the last few months going into this last month, last few weeks, uh, I think a lot of people have put out a lot of info about Cade, how he could potentially fit, what some potential trades, which we didn't accept, um, could look like. Um, But at the end of the day, we got him. We turned down the trades, which I agree with, uh, taking your guy there. And he's excited to be there. He has shown love for the city of Detroit. He, uh, in his... In his press conference after, he specifically said, hey, they drafted two guys that were on the all-rookie team. That's exciting. I got Killian Hayes, who was hurt. He's going to have an excellent year next year. He acknowledges uh, that they are um, in a process of, you know, just kind of retooling and and getting after it. He talks about the Detroit uh, grit and just kind of how they have that underdog mentality, that fighter mentality. He, He acknowledges that, which is great. Being from the city, that is who who we are as Pistons fans and, and he really he really has a good feel for the city already which is awesome um the stadium was chanting we want Cade that has been the chant when he goes to Tigers games in Detroit um it, it's it's been kind of accepted as the chant um Pistons Twitter said you know they tweeted out uh you guys we want Cade us and then and then their draft selection so um you know, they're, they're buying into it as well. And, I mean, he showed up with, you know, the Cartier buffs, which is, is <laughs> I got a buff homage. up real quick. <laughs> it's an homage to Detroit. It's a Detroit thing. You know, what up, Doe? That's Detroit. If you know Jalen Jacoby, that's what we say in Detroit is what up, Doe? Um, he came with the Cartier buffs, which Cartier sunglasses with uh, Buffalo Ivory which is how they get the nickname, the Buffs. I mean, those are like $4,000 sunglasses. You know I mean? They they get up there in price, and, and they're just they're just kind of uh, infamous with the city of Detroit. I know back in the day, um, they actually, the city of Detroit, like, came together, and they bought the governor. Uh, they bought her a pair of Cartier Buffs, <laughs> and she wore them in a press conference. So it's kind of like, you know, it's almost like an inside joke with, with the city. Um, and it's it's really cool to see that he's in on it, and uh, and he's fully bought in, and that's honestly all we can ask for. Detroit had the the lowest attendance 
out of any team in the league uh, for the last about four years. And, uh, you know, they need they need a reason to show up for sure. And not only did they get that, but we got our guy. And it's a great day to be a Pistons fan. Yeah, man. Day. I mean, we watched the, the draft together tonight, and it, although I'm a Pacers fan, I'm going to have to watch this guy just light up the division and probably the Pacers for the next, and I hope, decade, decade and a half. I really hope he has a long and very successful career. I really like Kate Cunningham. Um, it, it was it was just cool. I was I felt excitement for for Detroit and Pistons fans just because just seeing how all in he is. It, it it was very very cool to see. Um, mm-hmm. This guy has already and you've already hit it, but he's truly bought in. Really. Even in all his pre-draft interviews, anytime he's asked about Detroit, and he was the same way being asked about Houston, Cleveland, all the teams, but yeah. especially with Detroit, he always had very glowing things to say. It's like he pretty much knew where he was going, and so uh, it, it's just a great pick. Uh, I'm really excited. We get our first taste of Kane in the summer league a week from Sunday, so I, I know you and I have that circled on the calendar for sure. Yeah. So it. <laughs> I'm biased, so I need I need a non Pistons fan, yeah, uh, point of view on this. Was he the most likable guy? Was he the most likable like draft pick in how long? I mean, was he like super likable to you? Like, I commented on that. I was like, I've never been so already attached to a player than him. Like it, uh, it's funny. I told you this. And it, uh, I tweeted out about Cade being vegan. I said, Cade Cunningham, the vegan king of Detroit. And it was funny. Uh, your wife, Ashlyn, responded just with LMAO. And I said, this guy has been drafted to the Pistons and also to the all-NBA guys I want to be friends with team. <laughs> just yeah, right off the right. bat, I love this dude. Uh, he's going to be an absolute joy to watch, not only this season, and like I said, hopefully in good health for many seasons to come. Uh, yep. But... That wasn't the only pick in tonight's draft. We had 29 other first-round picks. Um, we're not going to get into the second round or else we'll be here forever. So let's just kind of go through it. Um, for picks two and three, things stayed pretty chalk. Houston takes Jalen Green. We've already really covered the bases on why we like the fit there. We talked about it in the mock draft. So I, we're, I'm not really going to talk too much on it, but we like the pick. It's the right pick. Um, yep. especially with what Houston did tonight. We'll get more into it. Uh, but Jalen Green goes second. Cleveland takes Evan Mobley uh, third. Again, as expected, you've already heard all the talking points about it. I don't think there's anything else we need to add here. Good pick. We like it. Yeah, I was I was a little um, surprised there wasn't more talk with the players. Uh, mm-hmm. It seemed like the focus was really, really heavy on Cade, which, hey, as a you know, as a Pistons fan, as a viewer, I, I really liked. But I didn't think that they really did a deep dive into like who is Evan Mobley. Let's sit down on the couch and and chat with him. So a lot of that was we were watching the ESPN broadcast, not the ABC, not the ABC one. On the yeah. ABC one, that's where they were doing the sit down interviews with all the picks. Um, yeah. So I get it. it. Yeah. They did it with a few people. They did yeah. it with a few people, the yeah. Davion Mitchells and stuff like that. And I just I just thought your top three would for sure go on That's a good point. Go on ESPN. But yeah, that's um, a good point. You know, I, I would have just liked three of ours. Yeah. I 
we've we've watched interviews with um with Jalen Green and he's a super super sweetheart just you know a, a guy that loves basketball and he made the joke that he's never touched grass because he just loves basketball and he's just and, and I immediately and then I had dog. to eat those words because then they talked about how he grew up on a farm and I was like yeah. all right he's touched grass never mind <laughs> yeah but, but yeah. I, I would have I would have really liked to uh, to see that and you know maybe that's maybe that's my uh, my bad call on on which we, broadcast I watched. We wanted to we wanted yeah. to stay tapped in with Woj. I, I don't think it's a bad call to stay tapped yeah, in yeah. on the Woj right. side of things. So that was just we didn't get as much of that. But luckily, in the modern age, we can go back and watch the watch the interviews and those yeah. guys have to say. But absolutely, after Mobley goes to Cleveland, the draft immediately just veers off the rails and is a. I mean, it just turns into a free fall. Very fun one, though. Toronto, this whole time, everybody's mocking Jalen Suggs, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Suggs. We pretty much just accepted that Jalen Suggs is going to be a Toronto Raptor. Mm-hmm. Everybody except for the Raptors. <laughs> they take Scotty Barnes out of Florida State. And, you know, it wasn't Suggs, but Kyle, to your credit, you mentioned on the mock draft episode, even though you didn't expect Barnes to be available here, you could see Toronto drafting him. So, if you, you know, I'll let you talk to that a little bit. Yeah, um, Masai loves long, switchy wings. Um, you do wonder what this means for the future of Siakam. Yeah. If if Siakam is part of this, maybe he is. Um, you also kind of wonder what that backcourt looks like. I assume, I think a lot of people assume they're going to lose Kyle Lowry. And so what does the backcourt look like next to Fred Van Vliet? And one thing you could do is... Um, you know, you could you could play him in the backcourt. Honestly, you yeah. Could, you could throw Scotty Barnes back there as as like a secondary ball handler, and and maybe that is the plan. Maybe they saw you know, hey, this guy, uh, Scotty Barnes, he's a he's a good playmaker, and he's a dog on defense, and he's a wing. Or we can go with another playmaker over here that's just kind of a good everything guard, but he's not that that switchable wing that we're looking for. So that's. That's the only way that I think it would make sense to me. I do see, uh, I do see some things that I, I just I wouldn't spend the fourth pick on. Um, but you know, I, the I Raptors, think they're not they, done with their team. So. Yeah, and also if there's one thing that the Raptors have been credited heavily for, it is their player development. So mm-hmm. I I totally. Get why the pick makes sense, um, but for everything you mentioned, it really with losing Lowry. That's where I'm just scratching my head. I know Scotty Barnes ran the point for Florida State. I totally like, I get that, but it it's still just maybe just because I had just bought in so far on the Jalen Suggs pick. That's why I'm still just I'm not completely sold on it. Yeah, it, it's it's really weird because you would think that I don't know. You would think that you would either trade back a spot or, you know, maybe try and target Shea. Yeah. I don't know. But I didn't think that this was the best value necessarily. Didn't. But if the, if that's their guy, that's their guy. Didn't OKC offer a package of Shea to Toronto, if I remember correctly? Or I, they I offered just so many so. different teams. Yeah. So I, yeah, I believe so. And, and so it's a bit confusing. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely see. Um, there is definitely a fit that makes sense 
still just a it was a it was a weird pick just because of what we had all agreed upon in the mock drafts, <laughs> which kind of on us. It feels like it came out of nowhere, but it's exactly what happened last year, right? The the freak athlete, uh, power forward from uh, Florida State, rises up the draft ranks the last two weeks and shoots up the draft ranks, especially the last week, and goes number four overall. We just saw it happen with Patrick Williams. And so, as surprising as it is, it was deja vu. And also, at the end of the day, Scotty Barnes was a projected top five guy in this draft. So, yeah, yeah. still goes in the top five. It, again, just, uh, it, it was a little bit of a veer. But, because of that, that leads us in to pick number five with Orlando taking Jalen Suggs out of Gonzaga. And if you remember, I jokingly said when we did the mock draft, because I did Orlando's pick, uh, I talked about how I had a scenario in my head. I was like, well, there's like a 1% chance maybe Toronto doesn't take Jalen Suggs. This turns into best-case scenario for Orlando. And lo and behold, it it happened. It yeah. I For Orlando to get Jalen Suggs here is awesome. Because we've been questioning who's going to be their playmate. Like, we were so convinced that they were going to take Scott Barnes, the, which led to the question of we really don't know how their offense is going to run, where they're going to find shooting from. Jalen Suggs immediately comes in, provides you with a floor general that you know you can have the ball in his hands to make sure he's making the right uh, right beat, right reads. <laughs> and um, I, I love the fit here. It's It's an awesome... Uh, just twist of fate for Orlando at the end of the day. Yeah, and I agree. I think it's one of the best picks in the draft, I think. And um, I don't think that Orlando has a ton of well-rounded offensive guys. I think they have really well-rounded defensive guys. But I think on the offensive side of the ball, they just don't have people that are just good at everything on yeah. offense and and can just help you know, get the ball around, help score from anywhere, help, you know, do everything that you're going to need someone to do offensively. Yeah. And that's exactly what they get in Suggs is someone that is just going to be good at everything. And I, this team is going to be athletic and Jalen Suggs with an athletic team can be really, really exciting. So I love it. Really good pick for Orlando. There's a lot to be excited about if you're a Magic fan. We'll come back to them with the eighth pick because they made another pick at eighth that you and I both really liked as well. Um, but before that, Oklahoma City comes up. And the sixth pick, this was kind of where everybody accepted that or expected for the draft to really start because we knew who the top five guys were. And then there was the drop-off. Minga, James Booknight had risen up. Um, and Oklahoma City had other ideas. They take Josh Giddy at number six. Josh Giddy is a guy that you and I were not high on coming into this draft. Mm-hmm. We even did another tape dive on him two nights ago just to yeah. make sure there wasn't anything we were missing. Because uh, when <laughs> when New Orleans and Memphis made that trade, it was rumored that Memphis was eyeing Josh Giddy. So we're just like, why are they trading up for this guy? Let's let's try and find it out. We watched his film from the NBL. We watched his uh, his film from the Nigeria game that Australia played. I just, I don't know, man. I, we, we tried to be open. Yeah, we, we tried really to be open on it. 
and we, we really did. We really did, Joe. I, I, yeah. I really feel like we gave it an earnest, fair shot. Yeah. And I just couldn't get there. I no. couldn't. I, there was I like couldn't. a brief moment. There was a brief moment where I was like almost defending him. We saw we saw him hit a, a catch and shoot three against Nigeria. I was like, eh, shooting form looked better. And then the very next three he took, I was back out. Well, that was just about all the defending that was going on because <laughs> wasn't much uh, wasn't yeah. much done by him. Yeah, I think that. So I tried to make like a, an argument just to just to put myself in the shoes, right? Okay, what is the argument for him? And the best thing I could come up with. Lonzo Ball shot twenty five percent from three when he was in the uh, the NBL. Josh Giddey shot yeah, Lamella yeah, Lamella twenty nine percent. Giddy shot twenty nine percent compared to twenty five percent. Yeah, yeah, Lamella he's about a you know mid thirties in the NBA. Josh Giddy could he get to mid thirties? If so. I think the pick could possibly be worth it. Yeah. I just don't think he can. I think that a lot of uh a lot of Lamello's shots were just because one, he was a bad teammate and didn't care and his shot selection was poor and and, and all of that. Um I just think it was like a joke season for him almost. But yeah, I just Giddy doesn't drive to the hoop. He doesn't he doesn't penetrate well at all. He's not a good finisher. He plays below the rim. He is not a good shooter. He's not a good defender. To me, if you are picking for like this massive upside of hey, this guy's, you know, this guy's six eight and he's already an elite playmaker. And what happens if he does develop a shot? Then you do have someone that's awesome. Just take Kaminga then. Exactly. If you want to take the six eight, if you want to take the six eight guy that you think could possibly pop off, just take Kaminga. Yeah, I I completely agree. It's actually funny. Um, when we did our mock draft, I talked about how with Orlando, we were just scratching our heads being like, what's the plan? And the plan we settled on was they're just throwing talent at a wall to see what sticks. It turns out that's actually the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's what we learned tonight. Oklahoma City is just throwing talent at a wall to see what sticks. That's what that pick said to me. Um, there was one thing. We watched that. Uh, there was a feature that ESPN did on Giddy where uh, they were interviewing him his uh, his coach that he's been working out with. Mm-hmm. And Giddy talks about how he feels like with more space, he'll be able to play make even more because of help defense coming onto him. And remember, I made the point to you when we were watching this, like, what help defense? The, guys aren't, yeah. aren't going to come help on him. On yeah, who's closing out on you because you've not proven that you can shoot? Um, him and his coach, I mean, I get it. In those types of interviews, you're selling yourself. You're selling that you're working on the shot. You expect it to be better in the NBA. NBA defenders, you got to prove it because they're not going to come help off you. They're not going to provide help defense if they know you cannot do it. We have seen it with Ben Simmons. Like, if you are afraid to shoot or you prove you cannot shoot, you're not going to get the help defense for the passing game that you think you're going to get. So it's just a very – it's a head-scratcher pick. Um, it's, I think my least favorite pick of this first round. I just, I'm not seeing it. Um, I agree. And, I, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. And I think the value on it is horrible. I think that there's consensus, you know, 
I don't know, at least four guys ahead of him. Yeah. Like, consensus, easy. And so I just think trade back a few picks. Exactly. They did They did it a ton the rest of the first round. Yeah. So I, I don't know why six was the exception to the rule here. I. It, it but just they go into this draft, think, you know, before the lottery, they go into it thinking, we have a chance of getting Cade. If not Cade, still a couple other guys. And they walk out with Josh Giddy. And to me, it that, just feels feels incredibly bad. Yeah. But who knows? We, we could be proved wrong. Yeah. We'll see. Time will tell. It is only draft night. So, uh, that being said, you actually you mentioned Jonathan Kaminga when talking about this Josh Giddy pick, and that's who Golden State takes at seven. And the immediate reaction we have is we kind of both let out a just a bit of a sigh. Because I know you and I going into this draft, we really wanted to see Golden State take somebody here that could be a bit of an instant contributor. Um, We would end up changing our minds due to what happened at 14 with Moses Moody. But um, I think with this pick, um, this is Golden State saying they want to take a guy who can win. They're going to probably have Kaminga playing in the G League back and forth this season. This is going to be a project player. They want him to be a part of that next core. Once Clay, Steph, and Draymond are on their way out, Mingo's going to be a part of that that upcoming core with Wiseman, um, Moses Moody, who they take at 14. That's kind of where they're going from here. Uh, so I end up liking this pick a lot more. Yeah, I agree. I uh, I like it. I feel like it's almost a luxury for them, and yeah. it's a win-win. Because if Kaminga does pan out, well, then guess what? You got, I mean, if he does actually pan out, like legitimately pan out, then you got, you know, probably the fourth best guy in the draft. And you're the Golden State Warriors. Like you, you, you just added the fourth best player in this draft to, you know, you're, and you'll probably have a couple years left of, of Steph and Clay by the time he, uh, he's in his stride. So that's excellent. If he doesn't pan out, you still have Moses Moody who I think has an extremely high ceiling. You know mm-hmm. that, you know, we'll get to Moses Moody, but you know what you're going to get there. And so I just think you can't lose. Again, they're, they're, it's just such a luxury pick that uh, that they get. And exactly. I like it. It's Yeah, it's really good take by Golden State. And not a lot more to add there. Uh, so we'll just hit Orlando with their second pick. You kind of mentioned this earlier. You actually talked about how they grab a guy in Jalen Suggs that can just – he does everything well. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like a Swiss Army knife for this team. And they get another one of those guys. They take Franz Wagner out of Michigan, which, again, this is another, I think, best-case scenario pick for Orlando. Um, I think this pick cemented them as early winners. I think this is the first team that – they made this pick. You and I were both kind of like, yeah, they're winners on the night. 100%. Yeah, I I think that – Franz and Jalen can be on the court the entire game. I don't think there's any situation where you're like, ah, we need to take him out. He's just, you know, he's not ideal here. They're both dogs defensively. They both get after it. They both can hold their own. They both can pass the ball really, really well. They're both, you know, average shooters. Maybe, you know, probably project to be just slightly above average. Uh, definitely not marksmen by any by any means, but they're just good shooters that can play any style any time you know at any at any point so the offensive versatility is great 
for a team that has been so defensively focused that hasn't had any identity on offense and and just hasn't had the talent on offense, to be honest. Uh, it's really cool to see them get these two guys. And, and you know, I thought Franz, there was a, there was a chance that he could have gone seventh to the Warriors. And if he would have, I would have said, yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that Franz is a team, is a player that teams are jealous of, you know, so I think it's yeah. good, to, good to get a guy that people are jealous of. Key, key word there that you said, versatility. I mm-hmm. think that's that's why Orlando is a winner to me. Their biggest thing, they needed versatility. They've just been kind of just relying on, hey, we've got a bunch of these long athletic dudes. Can't really shoot. We don't have great floor spacing. Mm-hmm. They've got two guys now that immediately open up the court. Now. Yep. Um, plus, you mix that with Jamal Mosley coming in as their new head coach. He is known for being a a good developmental coach. Uh, he's been their summer league. He's been Dallas's summer league coach uh, for the past couple of seasons. So um, I think I think things are looking up if you're a Magic fan. Really, really good draft. Yeah, um, I think they started the night with probably a bottom two or three roster in the league, and you know maybe they still are bottom two or three. But you can now look at it and say, all right, that's a guy. That's a guy. That's a you know. That's a piece. Can, that's a piece. Can, that's a piece. You, you know. can see a plan. You, yeah. you see a plan. And right. I, yeah, they definitely, their their league pass ranking has definitely gone up yep. after tonight for me. Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited to see that. Um, speaking of plans, though, brings us to our next pick. Number nine, Sacramento takes Davion Mitchell, which is next to Josh Giddy, the second biggest huh pick of the draft. Um, we come to learn in the interviews that he does following this pick, he declined to comment on if he even worked out with Sacramento. He even said on the ESPN desk that he was not expecting to go here. Um, I do not see the fit here. Um, just really another pick that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, and they were another team that is jealous of the Magic. They would have loved to get Franz Wagner here. He's not there. Then um, you look, Shen Goon is available. You've heard a lot of stuff. You just hear it over and over again, right? The analytic department at Sacramento loves Shen Goon. Analytics, analytics, analytics. And they go Davion Mitchell. To me, I don't see the fit. And, and again, Sacramento kind of thinks that they're at a spot where they're more drafting for fit. Um, they have a couple pieces I know that they like there, and and I think their fan base thinks that they're only a few pieces away. Um, you know whether you agree or not, that might be a different discussion. But I mean, how do you see Davion Mitchell fitting in that Sacramento offense, defense, I, or anything? I was again, I was trying to figure out where he fits. What are they going to try and run a three guard set with Fox? Mitchell and Halliburton, that's an extremely small lineup. You're giving up a lot of size. Yeah. Yes, these are three guys with high basketball IQ, but it just it, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, you mentioned it just nine feels very high to, to spend a draft pick on a backup point guard. Yeah. I, it's it just it it is not a good pick in my opinion. 
I like Davion Mitchell a lot as a player. But man, I just I don't know how he finds playtime and success. Because there's two guards on that Sacramento roster that they are more in on. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I what do you what's your lineup look like at the end of games? Like do you take I mean, do you take Fox out? Do you take Halliburton out? You just not play Davion Mitchell. I don't know. I think if you're drafting a guy in the top ten, you want him to be, you know, on the court the last you know few minutes of a game in a few years. Yeah, and and, and I think Davion Mitchell can, but exactly. just for like almost any other team. And so I, it's just a bad. It's a it's a really really good player with a really really bad fit. Exactly, and this starts raising the questions of. Does this mean Darren Fox is on his way out of Sacramento? Because I'll I'll be one hundred percent honest. I don't care how good of a defender Davion Mitchell is, Darren Fox is a better player yeah. than Davion Mitchell. So again, really good player. But man, that fit just That's scratching. It doesn't it doesn't do it for me. It raises way more questions than it does answers. Yeah. Um but moving on, at the tenth pick. Memphis, uh, this is the pick that they traded with the Pelicans for. They take a very – they take a shot here. They take Zaire Williams at number 10. Uh, I know Zaire is one of your guys heading into this draft, so I was excited for this pick. I know you are very excited for this pick. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit when we did our short little reaction pod, um, which – I would recommend anyone to uh, to go ahead and hit pause, you know, and, and check that out real quick. It's it's just a quick little reaction to the to the trade um, the yeah, other night on our YouTube. Yep, yep. and um, you got to trust Memphis's drafting. They've done a really great job drafting. I know that John Morant, number two overall pick, like you know, you don't really you don't really earn gold stars for drafting a number two overall pick a little bit expected but players like brandon clark um players like uh, dylan brooks jaron jackson jr looks like he's going to be a stud um, i just think that this team is really good at drafting and and i trust what they're doing over there zaire williams i mean i think he's probably the best pull-up jump shooter in this draft not best overall shooter by any means. He's still got a, a lot of work to go there, but specifically pull up jump shooter. I mean, yeah. if he if he ends up panning out and you you got a six ten scoring wing, that's exciting. That's exciting, and you know you can just do you can do a lot of interesting lineups with that too mm-hmm. because they have John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson. Like you can slot Zaire in for Brooks or Anderson. Yeah. It's just versatile. And when we did the mock draft, he was another guy you talked about. And one of the biggest things about him is he just had a nightmare of a season off the court. Yeah. Where things are out of his control. And now he's going into a environment where he can actually focus on basketball. He can be in a training facility every day. He can actually grow. Right. Which he really wasn't given the opportunity to do so at Stanford. Right. It wasn't his fault. It was completely out of his control. So I – I really like this pick a lot, too. Um, I think he does provide a very interesting, versatile skill set. 
that can be developed properly. And since Memphis has their roster, their their starting lineup set, they have the they have the wiggle room to allow him to kind of come and get some minutes here and there and develop. Yeah, so really, really good pick by Memphis. Is is it silly for me to connect these dots here? And, and it might be me making something out of nothing. Going to Stanford and getting into Stanford, even if it's on like an academic scholarship, still mm-hmm. at Stanford. You, yeah, you got to like, be smart, man. You, you got to be smart to go there. Not only smart, but like you have to say, I'm going to do something, and then you do it. And it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication. And not only that, you have to put in the hard work. You have to be dedicated to something. And then you have to actually be successful. And you have to actually get results at whatever you're doing. And I just think that spending any time at Stanford is just like proving that, hey, I'm good at setting my mind to something, setting a goal, completing that goal, and doing a great job of it at like the highest level. And I think that basketball-wise, that's true. I think that, again, probably academic-wise, it's true. I just think this is a guy that um, is going to put in the work. And so I think I, that I'll I, get there. I, think I, don't know if that's, I don't know if that's just me, like, I feel overvaluing like, you know, it. But. In a season where we saw Jalen Johnson quit on that Duke basketball team, Zaire Williams could have done the same exact thing at Stanford. He Easy stuck out. it out. Easy out. He stuck it out. I think that resiliency alone tells you all you need to know about the kid. Yeah. So I, I, I like him going to Memphis. It's a great culture down there as well. So really, really exciting, high upside for him. And you know that they specifically liked him. They traded mm-hmm. up. They targeted him. That's their guy. And so, yeah. you know, if that's your guy, that's your guy. I think he's got the talent to be selected 10th overall. Definitely has some, some boomer bust potential. Definitely. You know, but so did uh, Michael Porter Jr. I don't think he's going to be Michael Porter Jr. I think Michael Porter Jr. already has, you know, had a, a way better frame coming into the NBA and just a, was a really, really pure scorer. But, you know, I think that you can kind of understand the point of, there's some, there's some risk, you know, but sometimes it just turns out to be a home run, and that's that's what they're doing. They're, they're exactly. swinging for the fences. Absolutely. And speaking of, you know, teams that I'm just gonna jump to this part. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll take this out of post. Uh, yeah. So the next pick we have is Charlotte. A lot of rumbling saying they were potentially gonna take Kai Jones here. But James Booknight falls to them, and they take him. And immediately Charlotte moves up in the league pass rankings. That is an exciting backcourt that they are about to have with LaMelo Ball and James Booknight, a dude who can just provide instant offense for a team yeah. that needs it. Did you think that Booknight would fall this far? No, not no. at all. I was, very, I was shocked um, just because of how high he had risen in mocks. Mm-hmm. And he was he was projected at at number six to Oklahoma City, and then you heard a lot about how Golden State liked him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even I, mean, I thought he just as he kept dropping, I kept thinking this is going to be the book night pick. This mm-hmm. is going to be Sacramento was the only team that I was like, 
eh, they probably won't take you. So they don't need yeah, another yeah. guard over there in Sacramento. <laughs> no sir, no sir. Um. So yeah, uh, I I really like the pick. Uh, just again provides instant offense for a team that that needs it. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I I think it's a great pick. <laughs> I, yeah. And the value on it too. I mean, we thought you know. Is he going to go sixth overall, maybe seventh overall? Um, can't see him getting past eighth overall to get him at 11th. You know, great value. Exactly. Um, then you have San Antonio taking another just, oh, my God. Pick. They take Joshua Primo out of Alabama, a guy nobody was projecting in the lottery. And I think if, if this is any other franchise – we are losing our minds a lot more. But because it's the Spurs, they get a pass? Yeah, he is He is one of those guys that, uh, you know, he's not a 3 and D player. He's a 3 player. He, yeah. He's good at shooting the 3 ball. Legit, he's very good at it, um, which this team could use. And if that's your selling point, that's your selling point. I also think that your backcourt's already too crowded. I know you're probably losing DeRozan. I know you're probably losing DeRozan for near nothing. Um, but, you know, who are you getting rid of? Are you getting rid of Derek White? Are you getting rid of Lonnie Walker? Like, who's who's not playing? Because I think Josh Primo plays, you know, mostly the two-guard position. I don't think that you could play him, you know, at the three. I think that would be a stretch. And I think Kelvin Johnson's already going to be your three, and Kelvin can't really play the four. The four, so Kelvin's kind of like a a three, sometimes a two. I just don't see where he fits in in an already crowded backcourt. I just think yeah. that this team needed. I think that they needed front court depth a lot more, and there was a lot of guys that I liked for front court depth. Um, and I don't know. I don't even think that he's the best at like at what they wanted here. I, it just doesn't make any sense. If you wanted a good two guard, I think that there's better guys on the board. And I, I mean, that, yeah. that would lead us right into, to the Pacers. I mean, better guys are on the board. Um, I, I know we're watching this together. We're hoping to see some people fall here. And uh, and it's like, all right, well, you know, they'll probably take Moses Moody here. Good three-point shooter, you know, okay. And he can be more of a wing, good defender, stuff like that. Moody falls. Um, and there's there's a lot of good guys on the board right here that could that could yeah. go to the Pacers. And, and the Pacers are at a really good spot here where they can choose one of these, you know, the many people that, that fit. And, exactly. uh, and and be good. So what'd you think of, of their pick at 13 for Chris, Chris Duarte? Well, I'm wearing an Oregon duck shirt right now. <laughs> so that should kind of tell you all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but I would be remiss if I didn't say I was a bit disappointed. They did not take Moses. Moody. Mm-hmm. Um, I completely understand why they took Chris Duarte. Chris mm-hmm. Duarte was that was who they were expecting to be available. Right. Moses Moody was not expected to be there at 13. Um, 
J. Michael from the Indianapolis Star had reported yesterday that the Pacers were leaning Duarte or Kispert. Both which were available. Yeah, if if both were available, they were going to lean Duarte. Mm -hmm. This pick, it was not a blindside pick by any means. And going going into this, knowing that information, how did you feel knowing that Duarte was the most probable pick? Oh, I was was excited. Duarte was out. I mean, my rankings for who I wanted the Pacers to take, it was I was hoping Moses Moody would fall. I was hoping Davion Mitchell would fall. Mm -hmm. But realistically... I was like, they're probably not going to be there. Duarte was my 1A. Kispert was my 1B. I liked both of those guys a lot. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is who I expected them to take. Okay. But I told I told this anecdote to our friend Casey, who was watching the draft with us, and I, I likened it to, let's say you and your friend are going to the store, and you want uh, – we'll, we'll use Skittles for this example because they, they have different colored bags. And you want – the blue bag of Skittles, which is the tropical flavor, and you know the store has it, you can kind of see, like, you're at the gas station, you see it through the window. You see the blue box and the green box right there. And you like the sour Skittles a lot. Mm -hmm. But you want the blue ones, because you know they're there. And so you tell your homie, man, give me a bag of blue Skittles while you're in there. And you watch your homie grab the green bag of Skittles instead of the blue bag Hmm. You're still happy you've got Skittles. Yeah. Bag of Skittles you really like. But they're not hitting as well because your taste buds were preparing for the blue bag mm-hmm. of Skittles. That's how I feel about this pick. I like Chris Duarte a lot. I think it was Jay Bilas from ESPN who said he is the best shooting guard in the draft. He gave him a Clay Thompson comparison. High praise. Very, very high praise. And for good reason. I mean, yeah. Chris Duarte did win the Jerry West Award as the best shooting guard in the nation last year. Mm-hmm. I was just biased. I like Moses Moody a lot. So watching him go to the Warriors as the number 14 pick can be summed up by one word and one word only. <laughs> What's crazy is I think that if Duarte is there at 14, I think that the Warriors actually take Duarte over I agree. Moody. And it's just funny that you wanted Moody, and I would agree. Moody, I mean, there was not many players that were higher up on the board, on my board, than Moody, for sure. Um, He was, like, my draft darling. I love him. Um, But you all take Duarte. Moody falls. He goes to the Warriors. They're able to get a guy that's going to help them sooner than Kaminga will help them. Yeah. Moody's not an excellent defender yet, but he does he does project to be a good NBA defender, a solid oh, yeah. N- NBA defender for sure. Um, Absolutely. And and just that three and D catch and shoot guy, um, that's great. I mean, this is <laughs> yeah. They, and I would like to to circle back to Duarte yeah. really quick to yeah. just talk about why I like him to the Pacers. The guy knows what he is. He is the oldest player in this draft. Right. But that's kind of a benefit to him because Rick Carlisle loves guys that he already knows what they are. Mm-hmm. He he knows how he can work him into his rotation. Um and he's a three he's a three and D guy. Right. And he's really good at it. So again, very happy with with Duarte being a pacer. I'm I'm very excited to go watch him play at Bank of Hope, Rhode Island. I think he is going to be uh 
I think he's going to be a solid contributor to a, yeah. a Pacers team that I think is going to be right back on the horse next year. Yeah, um, and and obviously they they show that they uh, that they're excited to see him play some part in the rotation because later on in the draft they we see a move on from uh, from one of their Aaron Holiday. Yeah, yeah, they moved Aaron Holiday at twenty uh, twenty two. Yeah, um, and we'll get that to that pick in a minute, but. Um, Again, I, I do want to close with, on Moses Moody because, again, he was awesome. Uh, for some reason, Kendrick Perkins thought his name was Moses Modi. Cool. Great. Grand. Wonderful. Can't believe we had to sit through all of that perk tonight. These are the sacrifices we make for NBA content. <laughs> yeah, but it's like mm, Mike Schmidt and, you know, and Jay Billis – and Woj like, and Bobby Marks. It's like, I I really do want that. It felt like it literally felt like the scene from from the Avengers where Thanos or Thanos shows up and Logamora's like, Did you do it? Yes. What did it cost? Kendra Perkins. <laughs> Kendra <Right>? Perkins. <laughs> yeah. So um after pick fourteen the NBA did something extremely classy, something that we hoped that they would do. Uh, they did a tribute to the late Terrence Clark, who passed away in a car accident earlier, earlier this year, a kid that was projected to be drafted in the first round of this year's draft. Um, very, very emotional. They had, I know his mother, and I believe it was his sister. Mm-hmm. And was it his brother? I believe younger it was his brother? younger brother. Younger brother. Um, what a moment. Uh Again, we were watching it with our friend. We watched the draft with two of our buddies, and all four of us were sobbing. Yeah, it was it was a very great moment. I'm, uh, if there's one thing the league really does right, it is it is it knows how to navigate these tragic events and properly honor any lives that are lost. Um, very moving to hear the entire Barclays Center ch- chanting Terrence, Terrence, while his his family's wearing the draft hats. It was just uh, an awesome moment. So I uh, would love, you know, get your thoughts on that. Yeah, super, super emotional. Um, I lived here in Kentucky, so a lot of people here in the state were definitely, um, definitely affected by it. Um, I think people all over the country were. He's 19. That's really, uh, you know, the the part that is is difficult to chew on. So he's a 19 year old. This should have been, you know, arguably the best night of his life, and unfortunately, it was taken. So really, really tough. Um, class act by the NBA. Um, T Clark Five dot org is the organization um, that his family set up. So encourage everyone to to check that out spread spread that um but yeah i mean in a night that is all good news for for just a bunch of young guys terrence should have been there and um it's cool he's he's gonna be an nba legend forever so yeah uh it's just it's great to see that on a night full of celebration they made sure to allow his family that type of celebration yeah yep so after the uh, the Terrence Clark tribute, uh, the Washington Wizards officially kicked off the the non lottery picks. 
of the NBA draft, and uh, they started off by taking Corey Kispert, a guy who was projected to go mid to late lottery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good pick. I mean, you can't really knock a team for taking shooting. Yeah. He's the best shooter in the draft. Like, number one, he is the best shooter in the draft, I believe. And I think taking the best shooter in the draft is always a good thing. Yeah. And so, you know, whether he can be a, a Joe Harris type guy, whether he can be a Cam Johnson type guy, those guys are valuable. Those guys get minutes in the playoffs. They are, they are you know, definitely someone that can crack a uh, a starting rotation, which I think is what you look for at 15. I think that if you can get a wing that can crack your, your starting rotation or, you know, or be that starting that starting wing at 15, there you go. You're doing it. And it is icing on the cake if your young piece, and I would say that Rui is probably their best young piece that they have right now. I agree. Um, if your young piece went to Gonzaga for years and years and years, went to Gonzaga and played alongside Corey Kispert. And so that front court, um, I mean, they are just meshed now, kind of those uh, those big wings. And, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's exciting. I think it's going to be really comforting for Rui to have to have a player that he knows. I think it'll be uh, nice for, for Corey Kispert, and I think that Rui will be able to, you know, help him get to his spots and stuff. So I think it's awesome. I, honestly, I, I love this pick. It, it yeah. show you know, they they get rid of Russell Westbrook. We'll talk about that on the next episode of Bench Mob, but it just kind of shows, hey, we're getting some shooting, like we got you know we got something that's starting to look like a young core, right? Bradley Beal, you know, do you want to stay here? Can we clear out some cap space? Possibly keep you. So it's a step in the right direction tonight. They they did good. Yeah, and I think a. A huge thing, uh, you touched on it with Rui and uh, Kispert both going to Gonzaga together. Wes Until Jr. is a big coach, or, or one of his key uh, things that he's known for is his communication skills with players. Mm-hmm. There's already that pre-existing communication and chemistry with Hachimura and Kispert. That already makes their coach's life easier as he transitions into a, into a first-year coaching role. Um, so yeah, really good pick for the Wizards, uh, especially after moving on from what Russell Westbrook at today. The next pick uh, at 16, uh, originally supposed to be for Oklahoma City, they actually traded it to the Houston Rockets, and the Rockets start their string of really good back half picks here. They take Alperin Shingun, the center out of Turkey, the MVP of the Turkish League last season. This was a great value pick. Um, there were teams with, I mean, you mentioned it with Sacramento. Their analytics team was all in on Shingun for some reason they took Davion Mitchell at nine. Mm-hmm. This dude is a stud. Uh, it's funny, Mike Schmitz on the desk, you recall, he's like, if you squint your eyes hard enough, you can see him looking like a smaller Jokic, maybe a Demontis Sabonis, and it, I think you were like, "Why not just say he's Demontis Sabonis?" And I, I think that's the best comparison for this kid. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I I agree. I just don't think he. I mean, if he is Demontis Sabonis, I think that 
that already kind of plays him off the court in a handful of situations. And so that's yeah. my only concern. Um, you know, at 16, are you going to get a guy that's going to stay on the court for you know, every moment of a game? Probably not. But that that's my only concern with him as a, as a prospect. But high upside for sure. Yeah. Uh, again, I just – he's a guy that you can get it down to him in the post. He has an endless bag of moves down there, and he knows how to pass out of the post as well. So it, mm-hmm. with the shooters that they added in this draft – that's going to be a a really key component to how their offense is going to look. So yeah, um, it'd be definitely interesting to see how he develops or what their development plan is for him. But you've got a, a ready to play now guy um, uh, for the Rockets at, at sixteen. So you're never going to be upset with that. And speaking of ready to play guys, at number seventeen, we get to probably what you and I would deem our favorite one of if not our favorite pick in the draft new orleans after making the trade with memphis they take trey murphy out of virginia what an awesome pick yeah i think that we will do a redraft of this draft in a few years in a year whatever and i think trey murphy's name is going to be in the top probably eight that's my guess so i wholeheartedly agree yeah he he was one of my guys that I was like, if the Pacers take him at 13, media will maybe say it's a stretch. I don't think so. I I love Trey Murphy. I think he is the Mikhail Bridges of this draft. I, I, he can get scorching hot from behind the three. He guards one through four with relative ease, versatile. You put him in that New Orleans lineup. Whoever's going to be playing point guard, whether they get Kyle Lowry mm-hmm. and bring back Lonzo Ball, they've got a guy that they can put at two that's extremely long that you can you can basically switch on the three position with Brandon Ingram. That's it, It's a great pick for New Orleans. Yeah, and, I mean, they already have Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and so mm-hmm. they're just adding depth of switchable yeah. three and D wings great it's what you want yeah. i mean that is i think that is how you successfully build a team just like you said with mikhail bridges i mean if we do a redraft right now you know i think mikhail bridges has more value than the 10th pick overall that he went at so um i think trey murphy at 17 i love it i love it i think yeah i mean we'll talk about what is our exactly like our favorite pick but strong contender Strong contender. Oh, for sure. For sure. And then uh, Oklahoma City, who just continued to make us scratch our heads. They keep the Trey train rolling. They take Trey Mann out of Florida. And I mean, it was at this point of the night that you and I were just like, what? Really, what are they doing? Um, I, I I, don't get this pick either. I'm, I'm just not seeing – I mean – they drafted Josh Giddy at six, mm-hmm. and they take Trey Mann at at eighteen. Still have Shea on the roster. What's what's going on? <laughs> I, I I really don't know. Yeah, I think that this is just throwing spaghetti at the wall until you know you see what's uh, what's fully cooked and what's not. I I don't know, man. Trey Trey Mann was not one of my guys in this draft at all. Um, 
I'm fine with being wrong on him if I am, but yeah, I mean, listen, we dude has the shooting range. He can shoot it anywhere on the gi- in the gym. I get that, but again, he's been pretty ball dominant. That's why I'm just I don't get it. Yeah, they've got so many on ball dependent guys on that roster. Yeah. Are they? It just makes me feel like they're trying to figure out. All right, who's our best on ball guy? But it's Shay, right? Am I am I am I crazy here? Like it's, it's Shay Gilgis Alexander. I get that he's twenty three, which is somehow old for Oklahoma City, but it's like you have a primary guy that can run your offense, right? Why are you not filling out the other needs? It's just yeah, it seems like everything they're doing is just who can we put the ball. Who can we put the ball in the hands of? And I don't know if that is necessarily the approach, but yeah, I don't just know. not a, not a fan of the pick. Yeah, me neither. But I'll tell you what, I am a fan of Charlotte's pick at nineteen. Yes, sir. I you, had them taking. The, I had them taking this guy at eleven in our mock draft. You did. You did call. You did say somewhat. Ka- yeah, Kai Dan Jones to to yeah. Charlotte, and at eleven in our mock draft at eleven, we liked it. We liked him exactly. going to to Charlotte at eleven because we liked the fit, and they get him at nineteen. So, uh, I th- I think this could I mean end up being one of I wouldn't say a steal because people knew about Kai Jones that, but I think this is one of the best value picks of the draft. Um, you really made this point during the mock draft. It's like Texas produces quality bigs. Putting him now out there on the floor with James Booknight, who has proven to be an exceptional transition game passer. And with LaMelo Ball, I mean, Charlotte's going to be a fun team to watch this season. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to tune into some Hornets games for sure. I agree. I agree. I like it. Yeah. And then at 20, we have Atlanta taking Jalen Johnson and this is really just a best available pick here I feel um I I mean you I think the point you kind of made was they're just they're kind of stockpiling six eight guys that's kind of their mo right now yeah if you're six eight and you're or six nine and you have a, a really strong pedigree and a really high ceiling come on come on down and uh I mean you know between Jalen Johnson DeAndre Hunter Cam Reddish, they're going to have, uh, you know, John Collins is kind of in that same range. As, as some guys that can, you know, as some guys that can hoop and they got good size and, and high upsides. All of them, all of them have high upsides. All of them come from really strong schools, Yeah. right? And that's that's another thing. They, they come from strong schools, um, good backgrounds, just high upside guys. Yeah. Um, my uh, favorite part about this pick was uh, Jalen Johnson had a very shiny suit on tonight. And <laughs> I believe, was it you or was it our buddy Casey who said he looked like he was straight out of the Disney Channel yeah, original Casey, movie, yeah. Xenon Girls of the 21st Century, which then prompted our entire voice chat of uh, four <laughs> men in their late 20s singing the song Supernova Girl from that movie. Very, Shout out to Ecom, baby. (laughs) Um, 
very, very fun, lighthearted moments with the boys in the chat tonight. But then we move on. Uh, at 21, this was uh, originally supposed to be New York's pick. They trade it to the LA Clippers. And this is where Keon Johnson falls. Time out. Go ahead. For one moment in time, <laughs> this pick is made and it is traded to Detroit. Or at least so Woj tweeted yeah. that this that Keon Johnson is being traded to Detroit. So I had the unique perspective of a Pistons fan that had Keon Johnson for that <laughs> sweet, sweet moment. And just like that, he was gone. And Woj yeah. had to delete the tweet and correct himself. Yeah. Well, you didn't get him. I'm sorry. I didn't. I know it's a yeah. rough night. You the only Clippers. got Kate Cunningham. Yeah, the Clippers oh. got him. Yeah, Clippers end up getting Keon Johnson. And uh, the more uh, that I've sat on this pick, the more I really like it. My question to you about it is, because um, uh, this is why I like it personally, with Kawhi presumably being presumably being out next season, do the Clippers use next season to develop Keon Johnson? The biggest knock on him is that he's a out-of-this-world defender, out-of-this-world athlete. The offense is damn near similar. Do you think that's that's part of why they were – so high on wanting to go up and get him here at 21. Yeah, I think that um, I think that he's going to a, a team that has a great coach in Ty Lue as far as uh, offensive-minded coaches go. I think he's one of the best in the league for that. And so I think that if he just keeps doing what he's doing on defense and, and really focuses in on what Ky, what Ty Lue is, is preaching on offense um, and especially, you know, is able to show up in those minutes where – Kawhi is out, and and PG is kind of more the the primary ball handler. I don't know exactly who's coming back. You know, we'll, we'll know more um, after free agency. But you know, between Reggie Jackson and Pat Bev and and, and some other guys, um, you know, I think that he, he could have some decent minutes. I, I don't think he'll get a ton of playing time. I just think that this team is going to be too focused on winning in the regular season, proceeding. So I don't see him getting a ton of playing time, but I do think that um, a guy that's already so strong defensively going to an offensive-minded uh, team will, will be really good for his development. All right. Well, that moves us to the final pick that we're going to do an in-depth coverage on, and that is the Pacers moving up to pick 22. This pick was originally supposed to be for the L.A. Lakers, then it was traded to the Washington Wizards, who then subsequently traded it to the Pacers for Aaron Holiday and the 31st pick. Um, and the Pacers get Isaiah Jackson here. And when I tell you, I was hyped when this came through. I feel like that was an understatement. I, sh I did one of my classic shot up out the chair and paced my room a little bit about this pick. Um. Mm -hmm. Really awesome pick. I love Isaiah Jackson. He he was one of my late late first round guys going into this draft. I'm a little sad because this more than likely means the end of Miles Turner's time as a Pacer is coming. I'm gonna hold on to hope though. Maybe another big man gets moved off the team, but in all likelihood, it's probably going to be Miles Turner. Um, yeah, just really great value here. I mean. Again, another dude that you just look 
at his skill set, what he brings to the table, and you go, this is a Rick Carlisle pick. High yep. motor. My, we didn't really talk about Isaiah Jackson in the mock draft, so I didn't get a chance to talk about this play, but he had one of my favorite plays um, as I was watching tape. Uh, it was against – let me pull it up here because I have it written down. Um, who was against? I want to say Alabama. I'm not sure. Yeah, he has this play against Alabama where it's uh, – Alabama goes on the fast break. Just run ahead pass. The ball is over Isaiah Jackson's head. He's at midfoot. The ball gets to about three-quarters court. Gets to the Alabama player. Isaiah Jackson still runs it down for the chase down the ball. I remember watching that play, and I was like, I'm in. Yep. I love this guy. He is a freak athlete. Um, I, you know, He can cover, to his credit, covers all five positions great on defense. So he's going to fit in really well with the Pacers. I don't, again, I don't know where his time is going to come from because, again, with free agency kind of looming on Monday, this kind of tells me a trade's about to happen. Miles Turner has been floated to feel like a fourth of the league at this point. So um, I personally would love to maybe see DeMontis Sabonis get moved because I think Miles Turner and Isaiah Jackson have very complementary skill sets simply because I think it's better to have two bigs that can run the floor than one that you expect to be a playmaker. Yeah. It's just my thing. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't don't know the – the intricacies of the Pacers lineup like you do. I'm not going to pretend to, but I do think that we're starting to see Rick Carlisle put his stamp on the team a little bit. Oh yeah. I can't imagine that he signs with the Pacers without an understanding of, Hey, every guy that's going to be on this roster is going to be one of my guys. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And so, um, you get Chris Duarte, Carlisle, big stamp of approval i'm sure of it i'm sure that carlisle 100 you know that the carlisle was as involved as anyone on that pick and and same here and so um i think we're kind of starting to see carlisle's vision for the team and potentially in free agency we could see more of kind of what he has envisioned and as someone that kind of just went through this with uh with troy reliever i mean he got rid of every single person on the team except for sekou dimbuya um and you know what? There's a plan at the end of all of it, and exactly. you know you just kind of gotta step back, let the uh, let the smart basketball minds cook, and uh, and trust them because you hire them, you put them in a position for a reason because they're the expert. And so trust Carlisle. I think uh, I think he knows what he's doing. I think it's a I think it's a good pick. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Uh, Pacers Twitter didn't seem to, from what I was seeing, they weren't wild about Duarte getting taken. I don't think they were as crazy about Isaiah Jackson. They might have been a little more excited since there's such negativity towards Miles Turner from mm. the Pacers fan base. But um, personally, I think the Pacers had a very good first round. I think that was their only other pick. We, we've we not been watching the second round as it unfolded. I've kind of had it on in the background. But, um, yeah, just, again, really good pick. I love what – Carlisle and Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan are are doing there. Um, between pick 23 and 20, we'll kind of run through these real quick. Uh, Uzma Garuba goes to the Rockets. Josh Christopher goes to the Rockets as well, 23 and 24. 
the Knicks get Quentin Grimes out of Houston at 25. Bones Highland. Bones Highland. Bones Highland. Instantly the coolest nickname in the league. Um, he goes to Denver at 26. Cam Thomas falls all the way to 27 in Brooklyn. Yeah, we saw, him, we saw him getting mocked up in the... The lottery, top yeah. 10. Insane. Uh, Jaden Springer out of Tennessee to Philadelphia. Dayron Sharp from North Carolina goes to Brooklyn via Phoenix at 29. I like that a lot. I, yeah, we'll, I like that a lot. We'll, yeah, we'll, come, we'll circle back to that one. Um, and then Santi Aldama out of Loyola, Mar- Loyola, Maryland, goes to Utah at number 30. I uh, was going to ask, Kyle, are there any picks out of that stretch in the in the final third of the first round that uh, that you wanted to touch on? Yeah, I mean, Usman Garuba could have been taken in in the late teens, mid-teens even, and, uh, and I wouldn't have batted an eye at it. So him going 23, I believe, to the Rockets. Is mm-hmm. it the Rockets they keep that pick? Right? Yes. Um, yes. A, another another great pick for them. Um, you know what you're getting with him. You know, excellent defense. He's a dog, so I think it's great. And then the Nets get Dayron Sharp, um, which I mean he is a he's a big body center that really focused on his his body uh, and his size coming up to the uh, to the draft. And, yeah, I just think he's a guy that's going to actually get some minutes. They were really, really counting on Blake Griffin, which who knows what, you know, who knows where Blake Griffin's going to be in free agency um, with him being bought out and everything like that. And then they were focused, they, they were planning on having LaMarcus Aldridge, and he's not a part of the team, and, and neither is Jared Allen. And so just like that, their front court depth, I mean, is just is just shot, and so you know, ideally, you don't want KD playing your small ball five. That's that's no. just not ideal. He he puts in so much effort offensively um, that you just don't want him playing the fly the five. You have Claxton that can play a little bit. Um, so I think yeah, adding a guy here that can actually get some minutes, I like it. I do as well. Um, I would say that for me. The pick that I really like out of that stretch, we've shown the Rockets a lot of love. I'm going to continue doing so. Josh Christopher at 24, I think that's going to be the steal of the draft. I truly do. Um, I'm very big on Josh Christopher. I like the skill set he brings, um, especially I know I've gassed up Kevin Porter at the one a lot. Kind of that was my reasoning for why they would take Jalen Green. Mm-hmm. Josh Christopher, as I mentioned in our mock draft episode, he talked about how he was traditionally playing the one in high school. Maybe that's why the Rockets take him. They bring him in to be their one. I know John Wall's still on the roster. But I just think he's a very interesting piece. I love his length. Yeah, He provides very high defensive upside. So I think that's going to be a, a really awesome uh, awesome fit if I'm going to be Houston. Um and that kind of – I think that wraps up the, the first round. Um, mm-hmm. Some notable names in the second round as I kind of just peruse how things shook up. Uh, Isaiah Todd ends up going to the Wizards. Jeremiah Robinson Earl goes to the Thunder. And then Miles McBride, our guy Deuce, is going to the Knicks. That's a 
Man, that dude's a dog. New York's going to love him. Yep. BJ Jared. Boston. Oh, go ahead. Jared Butler going 40th. He goes uh, to the Pelicans. He's traded to the uh, traded to the Jazz via the Grizzlies. That was one of the trade picks. Oh, beautiful. Um, yeah. And then, where was he? BJ Boston. I couldn't believe how late he was taken. Yeah, he... Uh, 51st. Yeah. 51st, traded to the Clippers via the Pelicans. Um, so those are kind of the names that stuck out in the second round. Oh, and Knicks get Jericho Sims. That could end up being a really solid well but kyle um walking out of the draft um or at least the first round mm-hmm. who you got as winners we'll go we'll go with that first um so a couple obvious ones for me of course i'm gonna say detroit i mean if you if you take the best player in the draft you have to be on on the winners list in my opinion they walk away with their franchise guy and the city of Detroit is literally, you know, flipped upside down in in the best way possible. So real quick, I'll just say Detroit. That's kind of an obvious one. Besides that, I think that Houston uh, getting the combo of uh, Jalen Green. They get Alperin Shengun. They get um, um, Garuba. Garuba. They get Josh Christopher. That, impressive haul. That is a, a very impressive first round haul. <laughs> that is very solid. And again, uh, you can kind of start to see stuff piece together there. Um, and so I think I think those two are, are probably the two that stick out the most to me. What about yourself? I I said it kind of at the top of the show. Orlando is a big winner yep. in my mind. Yep. For really the same reason you just said with Houston, we see their plan actually kind of starting to piece together added versatility, which I think was just their biggest need, mm-hmm. not only in the draft, but in the offseason in general. Um, so I love what the Magic did. And then with them taking Trey Murphy, I think the Pelicans are huge winners um, just because of the haul they got from the trade, uh, moving back, getting Valanchunas, and now adding Trey Murphy to that lineup. I just That makes them really big winners in my mind. And I have to agree, Pistons, obviously, huge winners. But we knew they were winners the second they won the draft lottery. Yeah, yeah. Of so course. that's a that's a no no doubter. And then the NBA because of the Terrence Clark trade, mm-hmm. I think uh, NBA are big winners too. I agree. Who you got for losers? I think there's two glaring ones because we've really there's one we've ripped your shreds pretty consistently, and then there's another that we didn't have great words to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think I I I think I can guess the two. Uh, I think the obvious one is OKC. They come yeah. in, they come in thinking that they have a chance at getting their franchise guy, and, and you know what? Maybe they do get it. But as we're recording this on draft night, I don't feel great about them getting that franchise-changing guy in in Josh Giddy and uh, and Trey Mann and. I don't know. I just think that this was another uh, another chance for them to use their war chest uh, of assets to to really make a splash, and I just don't feel like a splash was really made, to be honest. Especially with how presumably deep this draft is, I just feel like they took two guys that really don't check any of the boxes for you or I. Yep. 
So. And I would say the other loser is Sacramento. They yep. took a guy that wasn't even expecting to be drafted today. Declined to comment on if he worked out with them. I mean, that's just – that's reckless, man. That It's reckless. It's a bad fit pick. I just mm. – they, they fumbled the bag on that one. This draft is so, so strong. For you to have the number ninth overall pick and to fumble it, good lord. It, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. I mean, I just think – I think why I'm so frustrated about it too is that I mean, Zaire Williams went 10th. This draft did not stick with the conventional mocks that we saw. Yeah. Reach for one of the 3 and D guys. Yep. Literally. They could have taken Duarte at nine, and I think people would have loved the pick. Mm-hmm. Or Kisper. It just Moody, Trey Murphy, Shangun. Yeah. Bucknut. Just very, yeah. Just definitely not a vote of confidence for Sacramento on no. our side of things. That's for sure. No, and but, uh, and I mean, you know, the night is over, and they still have uh, Buddy Heald on the books. Mm-hmm. They had Buddy Hill on the books. They didn't get an asset for him. They didn't get younger for him. You know, they they kind of have this trade, and it's like, oh, here you go, and and it gets taken away at the last second, and all they're left with is is Davion Mitchell, a good player that just it just doesn't fit well. Exactly. But uh, as far as the trades go, I know you made a mention of it. Um, we specifically didn't hit on the Russell Westbrook trade. Bench Mob's going to be covering that on their next episode, um, which also you'll probably get a little bit more in-depth info about the Kings not being able to get some trigger pulls on that deal. But, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle, we got free agency in three days. Yeah. Summer League a week from Sunday. We are officially in the thick of the offseason, baby. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Excited. Now that draft night's over, probably going to be our last late night recording. <laughs> so that'll yes. be very nice. Uh, yeah. Real quick, but, uh, real quick before we go. Best suit and worst suit. Best suit for me. I think there's three that I, I really enjoyed. Best suit and why was it Kai? And why was it Kai? I was going to say Kai Jones. Okay. Kai Jones and Evan Mobley's suits. They were cut from the same cloth. Clean. They had that, yeah. They, I, so I liked their suits. But I'll give them. I'll give Kai the one though, because I mean, classic. Just um, Evan Mobley too. Evan Mobley always, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> Coming up next year. Jalen Green, number three. The bell bottoms, the sparkle. Yes, I sir. Mean, the fro. That man was fitted yes, tonight. Yes, sir. Yes, so. sir. Those I, are my three. Let me, let I me love it. Yours. I love it. Um, I liked Kaminga's also. I thought Kaminga's he had he had a, some pretty cool style in there. Um, you know, of what? Well, of course, I'm gonna say I like, you know, Cade wearing uh, wearing the of sunglasses. Of course. So, you know, Kaminga. I loved Cam. I loved Cam Thomas mm-hmm. rocking a better version of Davion Mitchell's suit. Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell to me was a loser, and then. I got to say, Josh Giddy looked like he was going to homecoming, which was a bummer. James Booknight, just, he didn't look dressed up. It looked like it was like 
Friday night, but like something kind of has like a dress code, you know what I mean? So like yeah. I kind of had something on, but it did like not. He had a travel blazer with him because he was like, "Well, we're in the big city, might hit a you know a top restaurant that has a blazer rule." Right? Yeah, it, yeah. it just didn't look like you know biggest night of your life kind of looks. You know what I'm saying? Of course, of course. It, it didn't look uh, like sponsored by Macy's or whatever. You know what I mean? What, whatever they do with that. So then we talked about Jalen Johnson's suit that just provided the best moment of the night for us. Um, next mm-hmm. to the Terrence Clark tribute. Um, those are probably top two moments. Cade going to Detroit is probably the top moment for you, if I had to guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another uh, another uh, winner, Woj and Shams, man. Those guys are on it. On it. Those guys on are it. on it. I had, to, I had to turn off notifications because they were too good at it, and I, I wanted to kind of get sucked into the to the actual presentation in the mystery right if you will right yeah um and and one last loser perk gotta be kendrick perkins who's this modi you just you can't be saying people's names wrong like that um and i think i think lose this modi was probably an honest earnest mistake yeah, earnest mistake but the one that not me off was shengun He's like, I'm not going to say his first name. He's like, bro, Giannis Antetokounmpo has been in the league for eight years. I've heard you say his name. And his name's not hard to say. Alperin. A-L-P-E-R-E-N. It's Alperin. Come on. It's, it's not tough. It's not. And so. And then he was like trying to give Mike Schmitz a rough time because Mike Schmitz could say the name properly. He's like, dude. Cade, Cade gets drafted. He goes. He finally gets to the desk. And it's like, wow, we get to ask Kate anything. This is the biggest night of your life. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is crazy. And and he sits down and Kendrick's like, Why are you vegan? And Kate's like, uh I mean and he starts talking and in the middle of him talking, Bert goes, All right, that's cool and it just like cuts him off. And I'm like, What is happening? Someone kill his mic, please. Again, the sacrifices that we make so that we can provide content for our listeners. We sat through four hours of Perk, and we could have turned on the NBA League Pass or the NBA TV mm. production or the ABC production. Yeah. Don't forget this. If you're listening to this, don't forget what we did for you tonight. Mm. The Troopers, man. That's true. But overall, but, uh, yeah, great night. Yeah, I'm really excited for free agency. We'll we'll be back next week covering more free agency news. You already know it's going to be hectic. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye out on the YouTube channel if you're not subscribed already. We're doing many episodes for emergency pods over there. We broke down. Kyle mentioned this. We broke down the Memphis New Orleans trade the other night, so go check that out. Give us a like, subscribe. You can follow Kyle on Twitter, at GoodLuckKyle. Follow me, at Makuchi. Follow the 48 Minutes Network at 48 Minutes Network. Kyle, you got anything else for the people tonight? No, sir. Just make sure you turn on, uh, you know, turn on some notifications for when we drop the pod. Make sure you uh, subscribe. Leave that five-star review. Appreciate it. And uh, and that's it. Appreciate y'all hanging. Have a great night, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Shot Callers. 
Make sure to subscribe to the 48 Minutes Network wherever you're listening to your podcast. And leave us a review if you like what you're hearing. Also, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter over at 48 Minutes Network. I'm going to stop and give you all the love I got. And show you life.